like to include these in Christmas cards that you give out or just giving out uh, or out and about the community as you go about your business. Luke chapter number one and Luke chapter number two, of course, is the story of Mary and uh, what was told to her. And as I go to the Bible in Luke, I want to just ask this question, how expensive was Christmas? And of course, if you were to meet someone on the street and say, hey, how expensive is Christmas? Oh man, I, I read somebody said, uh, based on my finances, everybody's getting a hug this year. Um, yeah, um, and unfortunately, when we think of Christmas, we think of all kinds of expenses, but that's really not the expenses I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the real Christmas and how expensive it was. In Luke chapter number one and two, you read about Mary, and uh, you read about what Mary responded with when the angel came to her, and uh, it says here in verse number 34, then said Mary unto the angel of chapter 134, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. I am not married yet, and I am a virgin. How is this going to happen? I want to begin today, and we'll pray first, but then we'll go on and and uh, look at this today. Lord, we ask that you'd help us to hear from your word and that I can speak clearly and that you would just have me say what you want said and help us to appreciate some things today and, and to understand some things today. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Number one, the spending. Let's look at the spending. We think of Mary and we think of uh, how popular she is today. I mean, there are all kinds of ridiculous things about Mary today. She's uh, that popular. And um, uh, I'm sure even you and I have been affected by uh, paintings and pictures that we have seen. But the truth is, is that back then, Mary did not stick out, other than the fact that she was, I am sure, a godly young woman, a pure virgin, but did not have a bright shining halo over her head. Or, you know, there was no, as she walked in the door, or anything like that. It was just typical young lady. And we read that and we don't really think about the fact that when she said, how can this be? I, and, and, and not only that, but of course, you know the background here. I'm sure she's espoused or engaged to a man named Joseph, but they're not married yet. And, and she's uh, questioning and saying, how shall this? I don't know. And the angel says, it's going to be God that's going to do this. And your child is going to be God's child. And in case you're wondering, Mary did not say, oh, well, then people are going to be talking about me for centuries. People are going to be, people are going to roll out the red carpet when they hear that I'm Mary. Not so. In fact, probably the first thing she thought is, what is Joseph going to think? The, th the next thing the angel told her is, your, your cousin Elizabeth has already been pregnant for a while. And he, she, she's going to deliver a child, and it's going to be a miracle birth because your cousin Elizabeth is an old lady, never had a child before, and that was going to be John the Baptist. And so Mary, the first thing she does, she doesn't even go tell Joseph. She drops everything, and she runs through Why? Because there's only other one other person on planet Earth that would understand. That would be her cousin Elizabeth. What's happening to her and what's happened to her cousin Elizabeth is a miracle, more so for Mary because she's a virgin. 
But here's what you might not understand or appreciate, and that is this. Not only was she already engaged to someone whose name was Joseph, but if you were found to be pregnant with someone's child and it wasn't your husband's, according to the Old Testament law, that was a death sentence. Not to mention all the whispering and the gossip that would be going around. If, if ever anyone deserved an angel coming and telling them a message, it was Mary and Joseph. And I don't know exactly when Mary told Joseph or how that worked out, but after three months of being with Elizabeth, she came back home. And of course, it wasn't long, I'm sure, before she started to maybe show a baby bump after a little while. But somewhere along the line, she told Joseph what's going on. I'm not sure exactly how she told him. But she told him. And then she had to trust that he's just going to believe that. Turn with me in Matthew chapter number 1. In Matthew chapter number 1, verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused, engaged, to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And so we see the spending of Mary. This is going to change things. I don't care, I don't care to, to try to prove this. I just know this is true. Somebody somewhere was probably whispering things about her. I'm the virgin. I'm the one that Isaiah prophesied. I am the one that God is blessed with having this baby. Uh-huh. And as I said earlier, the death sentence could have been used because she was espoused. In fact, when Jesus said concerning divorce, he said, there's only one kind that I condone, and that is for fornication. In other words, before marriage, if there's fornication, you can call off the marriage. That's why it says espoused, because she's, the word spouse is in that word. She was considered his spouse. And now she's pregnant with somebody else's child. And the law says that he could publicly declare her unfaithful and have her stoned. And nobody would blame him for doing so except for you and I or Mary who knows that it would have been wrong. He could have got away with it though. Verse 19, Matthew 1 verse 19, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. He thought, I'm not going to publicly accuse her, but what I'm going to have to do is I'm just going to have to put her away privately. I'm just going to have to quietly call this off and figure out where to hide her and put her away privately. And I I can't blame him for thinking that or being troubled about that. I, apparently, Mary had not told him who it was. And if you were Mary, would you, how would you explain it? But verse 20, God did what only God could have done and should have done for Mary and Joseph. He sent an angel. And verse 20, while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not 
to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it be, might, might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet in Isaiah, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. These two young people, Mary and Joseph, were getting ready to be married, and they're making plans, and I'm sure Joseph has picked out the perfect home, and he's already got a carpenter business, and it's going probably pretty well, and he's just making all kinds of plans, and I'm sure Mary's making plans, and she's got, and, and I, I happen to know two people that are making plans right now, and, and they've got all these things, and, and, and it's just, they're counting down, you can ask them, how many days? They can tell you how many days, and somebody came into this story and just totally messed it up and messed up the honeymoon, and messed up everything. See, Christmas was expensive. And what I said about Mary applies to Joseph, too. Hey, Joseph! What's I hear about Mary pregnant already? It's not what you think. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, really? So whose is it? Christmas was expensive for them. And I'm sure after the shock and everything, they started to talk and realize, do you realize we are part of prophecy? And they probably started to get excited about, we, we're the, the angel said that this is what Isaiah was talking and, and and you could just see him start to, and so as any human being would do, they started to take the, the, the lemon that God gave them and start to make lemonade out of it. I mean, again, you say, pastor, you mean they weren't excited? Of course they were excited, but you understand something here. This was a huge burden. And so, well, I'm, didn't know we were going to have a child that quick, but I guess we'll make sure we have room for him and, and we'll get everything built and everything ready. And then all of a sudden, some greedy guy named Caesar said, I want to tax everybody. He sent out a decree that the whole world be taxed. See, this, this tax stuff isn't new. It's been going on a long time. And I want everybody to go back to their original place of birth, your hometown, and register there. I want a complete census. I don't want to miss anybody's taxes. Everybody's going to get accounted for. And right then and there, Joseph signed up for the militia group. We're going to take him out. This is too much. Why? Because not only is my wedding plan and my honeymoon and my my nest that I've been building for my bride and my my job that I've got secure and what I've got going on here. Not only is all that messed up, but now I've got to go to Bethlehem and Mary is very pregnant. God's not fair. In case you didn't know this, there weren't any limousines back then or even Amtrak. There were donkeys and camels and wagons and horses and foot traffic. And I don't know exactly how they got there, 
Most think that she probably rode on a donkey, and I have no reason to doubt that. But whatever she rode, I promise you this, it was not as comfortable as the ambulance or even your jalopy or mine. And I can just see Joseph saying, Mary, this is not at all what I thought I was going to do for you. This is not at all. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again today, and I want you to think about it. If anybody out there ever had an excuse for an abortion, it was Mary and Joseph. This is not fair. I didn't ask for this. I didn't do anything wrong. This is going to inconvenience my life. Christmas was expensive, and when they got to Bethlehem, I think they were even more devastated when they realized that God did not make reservations for them. You would think that God, being God, that he would have made sure that his son was going to be born in a nice, comfortable place. What in the world? And if it were me, about that time, I'd be like... Is she really telling me the truth? Is this really God's son? Am I nuts? What's going on? Because it doesn't seem like there's anything going right. And I know we'll see it tonight. No room. No room. And we'll, oh, those cute little kids. Listen, back then, it was serious. I've got a daughter who is going to deliver my grandson at any moment, right now. And I can't imagine. Hello, I know we're from out of town, and I know we don't. And they ended up probably in a cave that was used as a little stall for animals with a manger, which would have been what would have had the food for the animals, and they laid that baby boy into the manger. There's no family or friends, really. They're completely strangers in this place. There there isn't any close connection. Obviously, they're sleeping in a manger. And God did something special. And God does do special things. He, He made a really bright star appear. And all of a sudden... Not long after the baby was born, these simple poor shepherds showed up just super full of excitement. And that must have done a little pitter-patter. And In fact, it says Mary pondered all of these things in her heart. All that doubt and question and why me all of a sudden was a little bit of a confidence booster. Hey, who told the shepherds? See, we're not crazy. Somebody else heard them. And I don't know, maybe it was a few days after that and after the thing settled down, that I, maybe it was before. But I'm just guessing that maybe somewhere along the way, and this is just a guess of mine, but, but maybe Joseph said, Mary, Mary, guess what? I remember Micah, Micah. In the book of Micah, it says that in Bethlehem, he would be born in Bethlehem. We had to get to Bethlehem. We had to get to Bethlehem. It was supposed to be Bethlehem. What an encouragement that would have been. Not sure how much longer 
But in Matthew chapter number 2, it says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. And if you think that the shepherds showed up and then the wise men showed up immediately after the shepherds, I disagree with you. And if you want to disagree, that's fine. But verse 11 says, when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. I want to read that again slower. slower. And when they were coming to the house, they were no longer at the manger scene. I don't know how much time took place, but I do know this. If you keep reading the chapter, when Herod found out that, that Joseph and Mary and the baby had slipped town and the wise men had gone another way, he demanded all the baby boys in Bethlehem be killed from two years and younger. After he had asked the wise men originally, what time did you see the star? And he probably was calculating and he probably decided between a one and two year old is, this, is the age of this boy, baby. So I don't know when exactly the wise men showed up, but that's why they're a little outside the manger. Maybe they should be over here on the piano, I don't know. But The point is this. They probably came from Persia. They probably were descendants of the wise men in Daniel, Daniel being the wisest of the wise men, and the magicians were the magi. And probably with the book of Daniel prophesying the, the coming of Christ the Messiah, the prince, and with few bits and pieces, they landed in Jerusalem and being astrologers as well and seeing the star and they follow that star. Now, if you understand Persia, Babylon, Iraq versus where Jerusalem is, a straight across line is about 600 miles, but that straight across line goes through a terrible desert. If you go up in the Fertile Crescent and come back down, you're going to lengthen your trip quite a bit. But either way, you're going 600 to 1,000 miles one way on camel or donkey or horse. And whatever time they saw that star and started the trip, it must have taken them a while to get there. And all they had to go on was bits and pieces of prophecy from the Old Testament and a star. See, it spent the wise men. And if you notice here in verse 11, and when they saw him they fell down and worshiped him not her but him and when they had opened their treasures they presented unto him gifts gold and frank incense and myrrh there's more spending going on the wise men stopped whatever they were doing took a huge break from whatever job they had and grabbed treasures maybe even sold something to buy treasure and brought it to them. And so not only is Mary and Joseph here spending, but we see the wise men spending as well. But now since that time, there have been disciples, his disciples. We've been going through the 12 apostles and we've been talking about on Sunday nights how that many of them were martyred. In fact, all of them were killed except for John. John was boiled in oil and somehow lived through it. But tradition says that the others were, were killed and they were crucified or, or drugged behind a horse until they were dead or hung upside down or whatever it might be. And they died or stoned. And, and the disciples and martyrs and missionaries throughout the world. I mentioned it last week that Jesus is the biggest fraud who ever lived. If he died as a fraud and if he was just a fraud because that means all the missionaries and all the martyrs and all the disciples that have given their life for him is a complete waste of time and a tragedy. 
But you talk about the spending. We just listened to a missionary letter from Canada and how that the, the, the police is being pulled back from their community and now crime is increasing and, and, and they're getting things ripped off of their car and their home and things like that. Why are they in Canada? They're in Canada because God has told them to preach the gospel to people in Canada. Why are missionaries going wherever they go? Why do they do what they do? I heard just a few weeks ago about a a man, a young man, who was a street preacher. He would stand on the corner of a busy city, and he would just preach, maybe use a bullhorn or whatever it might be. And and, and you might say, oh, those people are crazy. Look, he's just preaching the gospel. You might not like how he's doing it, but he's just telling people what the gospel said, what the Bible says. Somebody shot him in the head here in America a few years ago. I think it was Madagascar, or I can't remember exactly the place, but there was a missionary's family that was over there, and the husband was thought to have been part of the U.S. government. He wasn't. He was just an American missionary. He was shot in the head and killed in front of his family. There are people who, who die tragic death trying to get the gospel to the rest of the world. We've, we've celebrated and, and even gone through the story of Nate Saint and the big airplane and that we have for Vacation Bible School. We talk about Nate Saint, Jim Elliott, and the other missionaries. and They were stabbed. They were stuck through with spears and killed. And all those men left behind widows for what cause? To get the gospel, Madison, to every creature good news is, is some of those men who killed those missionaries later got saved as a result of the testimony of those widows. But there's a lot of spending involved with Christmas. The word Christmas is Christ sent. There's a lot of expense with Christmas. Paul said, thrice I was whipped 39 times. I was beaten. I was stoned to death once. I was shipwrecked three times. I've been persecuted. I've been hounded. I've been thrown in prison. Hebrews chapter 11. Let me just read this to you quickly. Hebrews chapter 11. And starting in verse number 32. And what shall I say more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, and of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the enemies. Women received their dead, raised to life again, colon. Now, I like that part. Just get thrown in the lion's den, and the lion's mouth is shut quenched violence of fire, escaped the edge. Of, I like the escape the edge of the sword. Yeah, sign me up for that. Women received their dead, raised to life again. That sounds like a cool thing. But then here's some others' experience at the end of verse 35. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn, asunder in case you're wondering yes that's what it means they were cut in half they were tempted were slain with the sword they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins being destitute afflicted and tormented of whom the world was not worthy 
They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. They haven't fully received the reward yet, but it's coming. You see, this Christmas thing is actually very expensive. If you're going to receive Christ into your life, you're going to have to change some things. Mary's life changed. Joseph's life changed. The wise men's life changed. His disciples' lives changed. And God himself, of course, spent. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He humbled himself and became a servant, was made in the likeness of men. Jesus said, Foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has not a place to lay his head. John 1 says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. He wasn't even welcomed. The wise men were the only one that were paying any attention. Most of Jerusalem could care less if the king of the Jews was born. He said, The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He said in John fifteen thirteen, A man lays down his life for his friends. In Acts 20, 28, it says that he purchased the church with his own blood. There's a song that we sing sometimes at this time of year, and it says this, born to die. And he was. Isaiah 53 says he was led like a lamb to the slaughter. God himself spent the most. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. But quickly, I'm going to run out of time. I've talked about the spending. Now, quickly, let's look at the rewards of right spending. I mentioned this already, but Joseph and Mary received necessary encouragement. What I love about serving God is the encouragement along the way. I already mentioned about the shepherds. Can you imagine? I think if I could be there, I could see the look on Joseph and Mary's face as these crazy shepherds come up and say, Where is he? We heard about him. Angels in the sky. Oh! And I can just see Joseph and Mary looking at each other with a twinkle in their eyes saying, wow, he didn't leave us all alone. The Bible says, and it's one of my favorite verses, Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I, I, I love the fact that I have the confidence that what he starts, he's going to finish. And let me tell you, there's a lot of things he starts in my life. I'm wondering, uh, but I have the confidence if he started it, he'll finish it. And along the way, there are doubts that come and there are discouragements. And I'm telling you right now, when you see a postcard with a shining halo over Mary and Joseph, you ain't getting the picture. Because there was doubts and discouragements and struggles and dust and just hardship and all that goes with it. And there was a lack of confidence along the way, I promise you. And along the way, God would just send a little reminder, I'm still here, and this is all happening according to promise. I can imagine when if Joseph did find Micah, I can imagine, woo, this is why it had to be Bethlehem. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, be careful for nothing, be full of anxiety for nothing, be full of care for nothing, because the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You can trust him. 
Psalm 119, verse 165 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. There's a, a note I have posted on my computer tower. It says, Be so confident in God's plan that it no longer matters if things don't go your way. God's still in charge. Philippians 4, verse 19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. The wise men showed up and they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And that night, Joseph and Mary had to leave with baby Jesus to Egypt because they heard Herod was going to kill him. How do you think they paid for the trip? Gold and frankincense and myrrh. Just in the nick of time, God made sure from all the way in Persia, they had enough funding to get to Egypt. What encouragement. Mary, did you see how God supplied? How he met our need? He didn't just stick us out here all by ourselves. He meets the need and take, he, God pays his bills. And about 33 years later, Mary stood at the foot of the cross and saw why she did what she did. And with a broken heart, as the prophecy was said, that a sword would pierce her own soul, she stood there and understood this is what it was for, so that he could die to save the world. The rewards of right spending. I don't venerate Mary. We don't have any statues of Mary. But God rewarded that young lady and still is. And Joseph. The wise men, they opened their treasures. But you know what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6? Lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. And let me tell you something about the wise men. They're in heaven today and they're reaping greater treasures than anything they spent back then. They have greater treasures in heaven. How about you? How much does Christmas cost and who are you spending it on? Anybody notice besides me that the more you spend on kids, the less they seem to be appreciative? So what's the point? You can ask these people and they'll tell you, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And then his disciples the rewards of right spending. His disciples have been and they will be rewarded. Look with me in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 through 12. Here's what Jesus said. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they, the prophets which were before you. Listen to me, if you're being persecuted for the Christ that you say you follow, that's just par for the course. Don't fall for this popular Christianity that's being sold today. Christianity is going to cost something. I appreciate the muckles. He says, well, at least they're getting the gospel because they keep ripping off our Bible verse magnets. It doesn't always appear that you're getting rewarded when you serve the Lord. 600 miles across the desert doesn't always, it's not like every place there's going to be a reward. And no, there's going to be difficulties, but the reward is in the future. When you serve God, there's always a reward at the end, and it's worth it. In Christian, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3, that many of us have the opportunity to build upon the foundation of our salvation 
with gold, silver, and precious stones, or we have the opportunity to build with wood, hay, and stubble. And one day there's going to be a reward ceremony. There's going to be a time where we're going to give account and we're going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ as believers, those of us who are saved, and we'll give an account for what we did on this earth with our calendar, with our pocketbook, what we did. Did we build with gold, silver, and precious stone that is, in, that is durable and enduring, or did we build with wood, hay, and stone? Pastor, what do you mean by that? Well, when you get to heaven, what's going with you? That's what I'm asking. I was out yesterday handing out invitations for tonight. Just sticking them in doors. I saw some houses i never seen before. Whoa, that's a place. And I'm telling you right now, there is some nice real estate around here. And there are some fancy homes. And I am not being covetous about any of it. But here's what I'm going to tell you right now. It's all going to burn. So when you get to heaven, what are you going to have? I'm talking about people who have, are in heaven and they got something right now. If you call yourself a Christian, don't stop when it's all of a sudden expensive. You don't have to spend to get saved. If you're a believer, someone spent for you. But now as a believer, God has something for you and I to do. You think it's just the wise men that are supposed to be doing this? God has something for you and I to do. God calls us to spend. Why? Because it's a reward in the end. I know I'm going to heaven. But when I get there, I don't just want to be there. He said, oh, yeah, Pastor, I know what you're, you, you want, you want, a, you want a, a, a house, one of those mansions with a gold street, right? No. I want that little one that was sitting right here a few minutes ago. I want her to be there. I want her parents to be there. And I want them to have a mansion. That happens when you obey and you allow him to spend you. And his disciples have been and will be rewarded. And of course, I mentioned that he spent the most. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, he sees the travail of his soul and he is satisfied. He sees that a corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, but it doesn't abide alone. It springs up as a huge stalk with many seeds. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and we see him who spent, who for the joy that was sent before him endured the cross and despised the shame, born of fornication. His mom was pregnant before they were ever married. John chapter 8, they said, we weren't born of fornication, implying He endured the cross and despised the shame and now he's sitting down at the right hand of the throne of God and he's going to reap what he has sown and one day he's coming back and all the believers will be gathered together and whoo, it's going to be worth it all. The rewards of right spending. So quickly, I mentioned this already, but Acts chapter 20 and verse 35 says, 
it is more blessed to give than to receive. Last week, Bob sang that solo and it said, I was the taker and he was the giver. Today, Josh and Lexi sang, and I don't remember if I can say it quite right, but this world was the user and he was the giver. Which would you rather be? The user or used? I don't like being used unless it's an honest, straightforward proposition. Earlier this week, someone shared with me and I passed it on, this scam. Hi, how are you? You get these on your social media. Hi, how are you? Someone you never heard of before or haven't heard for a long time. And they said, can we just get right to the scam? I'm busy. I talked to somebody yesterday. Hey, somebody somebody with your name reached out to me last night. Yeah, I've been hacked. I don't like being used by the liars. I love this one on the radio. I made a million dollars, and now I want to help you make a million dollars too. I don't like being used unless it's straight up honest. If it's a good cause and it's worth it and they're straight up about it, that's a different kind of used. Paul said it this way, I would gladly spend and be spent for you. Which would you rather be comfortable or spent? The receiver or the giver? It is more blessed to give than to receive. Our culture is all about taking. And the powers that be are all about making that happen and making us think that. We are, we are being bombarded with that mentality. I drive a school bus in Custer. I drive a school bus because I have access and ability to communicate with young people and their families. It, it has provided me a little part-time income along the way, and I don't need the income as much as I used to, but that was the original reason. And, and yet I'm, I'm aware, and I know this is true, that most people are not aware of the fact that they get free transportation. Nothing's free. Somebody's paying for it. They get free breakfast. Not just free lunch, but free breakfast. In fact, I just got a thing in the mail. They're getting, let's all go down to the public school tomorrow. We'll get free breakfast. I think that's what it meant. Maybe not. But anyhow, what's it doing? It's raising a bunch of people to think that everything's supposed to be that way. Nobody understands that there isn't anything free. You can go to heaven for free. Somebody paid for that. And now people are being coddled and come to church and we'll entertain you. Look, I don't think we should bring people to church and try to bore you to death. But we're so spoiled with an entertainment philosophy. I saw some crazy church in Texas where they had these drummers and they were floating from the ceiling. And they had these angels swooping across on guy wires. And I was like, what kind of a circus?
Well, it wasn't a very good service. I didn't get anything out of it. Have you ever thought about, I wonder if someone else got anything out of me? I wonder if I was a blessing to someone today. They sat in my seat. (laughs) They parked in my spot. I can't see the program very good. Her head's in the way. Christian, it's not about you. It's about him. I don't know who people are worshiping in some of these places. It's supposed to be about him, not us. It is more blessed to give, truly. Do you believe the Bible? It is more blessed. Now you tell that to a four-year-old that's here today, they're like, no, 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 it's more blessed. But if you've grown up, hopefully, you understand. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And I am on my way to heaven, and I have family and friends that are headed there as well because someone did a lot of spending. If you have the understanding that your job as a Christian is to show up and sit down and and sing and listen, I'm glad you're here, but I'm understanding that a disciple does more than that. A disciple says, someone spent so I could enjoy. Now I can spend so others can enjoy. I don't really appreciate hearing kids talking when they're not supposed to be talking. And I'll try to talk to them about it at the appropriate time. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'd much rather hear them talking than not be here. I don't like it when Madison climbs over the top of the chair and goes back on the other side and whatnot. And I talk to her about it and I tell her, Madison, this is church. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm glad she's here. You know something? Christmas, if you really want to get anything out of it, you're going to have to learn how to do it the way these people did. Give. Find out what God has for you to do. Anybody like me, you don't have extra money. Because even if I have extra money, I usually blow it. I'm just real good at that. It burns a hole in my pocket. So if I say, if I've got anything extra, I'll give it. It'll never happen. I think I pulled out two dimes and a penny out of my pocket. I hate change in my pocket, so I always put them on my wife's dresser because I hate change. That would have been my extra. Two dimes and a penny. I have to budget if I'm going to give. And my time, my calendar, if I say, well, if I got time, you know how that works. No, I have to carve out time. See, it's not like the wise men lived across town and all they had to do was get up and get dressed, put on their, and and then walk across town and then kneel before, no, no. They came a long ways. They had to check off things on their calendar. Joseph and Mary had to completely change their plans. But again, let me just say it one more time. It is more blessed to give than to receive. How much? did Christmas cost? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the Bible. And we thank you for the behind the scenes, the background, the things that we don't see and notice.